Hi, I'm Cindy Jo, and welcome to Creativity Inside and Out. First of all, I would like to say thank you to all the people who have been watching the show or listening to the show, wherever you're watching or listening. I appreciate you being a part of it, and I hope you're enjoying seeing all the guests and hearing all the information, watching the performances and seeing the demonstrations. A long time ago, I mentioned this in one of the promos, a long time ago I thought about doing this show and I just started doing it now and it's turning out to be everything I dreamed it would be. I love presenting the guests to you. I love sharing their stories and their lives and their talents with you. And uh, I hope you're enjoying it too, like I said before. So on our last show, we had Chrissy Best and she demonstrated hair extensions, which was really interesting. Yes, I was brave and I put it out there. And on this show, we will have Pilar Walsh. And I'd like to say thank you to Pilar for ahead of time here for inviting us into her home to shoot this show. It's very, very kind of her and deeply appreciated. So she is going to talk about her writing. She's an author. She is a poet, she is a screenwriter, she is a singer, she is an actress, she is a dancer. I'm sure I'm forgetting something she does. But on this show, she is actually going to make jewelry. That is another thing that she does. And she makes beautiful jewelry. Um, jewelry like I'm wearing right now, these are her pieces. And also Christmas decorations and things like that. So join us for this show. Hi, I'm Pilar Walsh, and I'm a guest on Cindy Joe's show, and she's asked me to read um, some poetry that I wrote. Pioneers of peace, scattered souls cover the troubled earth with hope, living each day in a measured lifetime, humbly asking for peace in the in-between moments. Quietly, gently to the one, our blessed source, surrendered. Sadness, violence, bombards from all directions and forces my being to seek a solution, a better way. Search within, voices tell me, wisely echoing the sages. Gladly, tearfully, I open up my soul, waiting, patiently, surrendered. Self-annihilation is not an option. It never was. We must send those hidden demons of destruction away. Widen our hearts for love and joy, God's intangible gifts. And join hands with all who ride this current of light together, patiently surrendered. That which seems hopeless is a sunrise waiting, a new and ancient grace brought forth from the heavens, reflecting a brilliance in the eyes of my brothers and sisters I witness you are praying too, going within, together, patiently, surrendered, seeking peace for all. Hello, we are here with Pilar Walsh, and we're so happy that you're with us today. Thanks for joining us on Creativity Inside and Out. Thank you. And I'm... thank you for that beautiful poem. Oh, you're welcome. I really... I. I don't know where it comes from, but it comes and I just write it and I really feel, sometimes I even cry. <laughs> I don't know what, because I get I, emotional. I would imagine, yeah. And I get emotional. Yeah, I would imagine that you do. Yeah, because yeah. I love it. I love words. Right. I don't know what happened, uh, but I, one of my poems called The Year of the Locust uh -huh. talks about what happened to me when I lost everything. I mean, everything. Right. 
and all I was left with was the library and a pen and paper. Wow. And all I could do was write, and so that's what inspired the poetry to come out. Oh my gosh, and that got you to writing. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and writing the poetry. It's back in the 90s, after my stage career kind of fizzled out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, it didn't all, all together, but yeah. yeah. And on today's show, <clears throat> forgive me, I'm going to be referring to notes a little bit more closely because we have so much to cover and a lot of videos to roll in and things to do. So I'm going to be following very closely to my outline to make sure that we don't miss anything today. We want to get everything in. So let's talk about first how we first met. Oh, gosh, I had the privilege of singing in the Emanuel Lutheran Church Choir, and you were my buddy yeah. next to me. Yeah. And were you the alto or the soprano? I alto oh. at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was uh, Angela, mm -hmm. and I, was so, I felt so good because, you know, I had just moved here from Seattle, and uh, I wanted to meet people that mm -hmm. I resonate with, and I had that. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking in, and there was this lovely lady sitting oh, there that I didn't you. know, and we just hit it off, and yeah. we had so many things in common. Oh my gosh! You know, it's so. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's start with your childhood. Oh my! And <laughs> not spending too much time on yeah, it. Yeah, good. But where you were raised, and about your mom, and and uh, I'll let you take that. Well, my parents were Brazilian. They had come over here. Um, in, I think, 1948, 49, and I was born in 1950. Okay. And I don't mind saying that. <laughs> you put it out there. <laughs> Do the math, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I did go have my first birthday in Rio de Janeiro. I remember, I don't remember that, but I have the yeah. photos. Yeah. But um, for the first nine years, I had a family, and my father was working, and my mother was teaching ballet. And I had a brother who was mentally retarded with cerebral mm. palsy, so it was a difficult, it was a difficult childhood. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he, my father, left when I was nine, and that things started getting really rocky. Oh gosh. You know, really rocky, and my mother wasn't around, so I had a lot of energy. So I got into sports. I loved playing football, basketball. Really? Baseball, <laughs> tennis. I was just really active. Oh my gosh. But I, I uh, complemented that with learning to dance. I studied ballet with my mother. And sometimes I would go to other studios and study ballet. And so I was really into ballet, but then it, the reality hit that I didn't have the feet for it. And I was also told I was too tall. Which is very funny. You know? What's like the optimal height for a ballerina? Five five. Really? But you know they come in all sizes now. It's there's no restrictions. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Weight maybe a little bit. But sure. Yeah. Not as much. So that was um, that was my childhood. Uh, I went to school. St uh, got in the high school marching band. Played the flute. Played in the orchestra. Played the cello. Was loving music. And my mother was a, also a trained pianist, and she would play a lot. So I was very inspired by music. Um, so I had a very eclectic kind of background mm -hmm. when it came to activities. Um, but then <laughs> the 60s rolled in, and I um, decided to go to summer school and graduate early from high school, midterm, and started meeting people who were getting high. So when did you leave Brazil? Oh, I was there only 
one year. Oh, oh, and then you when came I was to the a United baby, States. and then I came back to the oh, United States. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't there long. All right. And I haven't been back. Never. Never. Really. Which is really as they well, I couldn't say in Portuguese. I can say in Spanish. Este lastima. It's a pity. <laughs> yeah, I I decided to go with the Spanish instead of the Portuguese mm. because there's so much more need to know Spanish here in Los Angeles. And Portuguese Angeles. is tough. Oh, it's much different. When you're English speaking, to try to learn Portuguese is... It's so different, but I do sing in Portuguese, which I love That's doing. That's tricky. Yeah, I, there's so much beauty. Oh, God, don't even get me started on the music <laughs> from Brazil. It's just like, they say, ótimo in Brazil. It's the best. Ah. Uh, the music is beautiful. Ah. Ah. So anyway, so do you want me to steer into my hippie days yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> We're getting close, but not okay. um, So you have written books and screenplays and poetry. Yeah, yeah. That's but much later. Right, of course. right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your books. Let's go into oh, your okay. books and your screenplays because they're um, one they're of the same. One in the same. Well, n yes and no. <laughs> right. What What kills me is that I wrote the screenplay first for two different books uh -huh. and then wrote the books. Is it, most Whereas people I, don't do it that way, do It's they? not normal, but I'm sure it has been done. Uh, then, I could go off on that, but I'll just leave Yeah, that. <laughs> and then I've written books where I uh, adapted this screenplay okay. to the screenplay. Right, right. And, uh, Let's I also, talk about the first one. Let's talk about Lumina. Trolley to Lumina. Uh -huh. I was, lived in North Carolina briefly. Mm -hmm. I was turned on to this iconic ballroom called Lumina Ballroom. And Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. I lived in Wilmington, which is right next to it. And I looked into it and went to the actual museum yeah. of Lumina Ballroom. And it just... It's a museum just for the ballroom? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, it, there's even... Um, what do you call it? Uh, I can't think of the name right now. You know, in order to have a museum dedicated just yeah. to... The ballroom, it must it have was, such a rich history. Well, you know, the interesting thing about this place um, is that it was, okay, to the young people of today who never saw Lumina when it deserved its appellation, Beautiful Palace of Light, all I can say is, I'm sorry, you have really <laughs> missed something. And that was a quote from Louis Philip Hall, who created the Shag, which is the dance of North and South Carolina. It's the state it's called dance. the shag. It's called the shag, I know. <laughs> British people are going to get a kick out of that one. Right, <laughs> right. So, um, so I wrote the screenplay first, uh -huh. and then I went to the book. And then, I don't know, I just, I thought, it needs to be a book. You know, it's always in the back of my mind, God willing, that I'll have the screenplay produced at some point in time. Yeah. There's so much great music from that era, dancing, the ballroom, the fashion, and it's a love story between a woman who was an heiress, but in reality, in real life, she was the first woman to receive her pilot's license in North Carolina in 1928. So I focused on that year because it was also the year of um, the creation of the Shag and the Feast of the Pirates. Uh -huh. And uh, that was some done about for three years, and they had to stop because it was pretty insane. It was during prohibition, and a lot of people were still drinking, <laughs> and it was hard to handle. So um, by the you know people out there who didn't want people drinking, um, 
But what I was going to say is that the, she falls in love at Lumina because it leveled the playing field with everybody. Everybody who loved to dance went. And this is a farmer from Ukraine who that came she over, fell in love that with. she fell in love with. And uh, it's their love story. And I love it. I that love what I came up with. I was so proud of myself because it's my first time doing anything like this, uh -huh. writing a novel. Uh -huh. It's, fi it's um, historical fiction. Right. So... What anyway. city is it in? It's uh, set in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. It's a beautiful city. You know, it's very colorful. Lot, oh, the history there is incredible. Right. And yeah. you've produced video, a trailer. I did. I created a trailer for this. Yeah. So. Yeah. How about we watch that? Absolutely. Okay. Let's, let's go watch for it. the trailer for Trolley to Lumina. <laughs> took a course with um, Bill Woolery, who is really well known for doing trailers for big studios. And he said, let's, let's learn how to do a trailer without any footage. <laughs> that sounds impossible. I don't, you know, but it's beautiful. What you did is it beautiful. It turned out really good. Cause, uh -huh. and, and miraculously, the song, Happy Feet, it's just, you know, it's so joyful. Uh -huh. And when the photo comes up of the Wiedermeyer band, uh -huh. the, the vocals come on at the same time. And that was a pure accident. Uh -huh. But it really fits. It really I like that you have the pirate thing in there, too. Piece to the pirates, the, yes. The pictures from that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call it the pirate. Yeah. <laughs> and the book is available on Amazon, Amazon right? Yeah. Okay. So check it out on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's talk about Breakaway Bay. Oh, yeah. That's the most recent project. Uh, Breakaway Babe 
um, is a story about Babe de Vriest, who was another first in her field, uh, the first um, female horse stunt rider in film. That's amazing. She could do anything having to do with horses and wagons, and she was a great stunt um, performer. And um, my girlfriend, Karen de Vriest Baird, um, introduced me to her. I was walking through her hallway in her home and I saw this gorgeous picture. I don't, I don't know if you want to see it And now. Karen's her granddaughter, right? Karen's her granddaughter and she had a chance, yeah, this picture here, I don't know if you can see it oh, very well. Oh, that's beautiful. Gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Um, anyway, she was offered so many roles to be a leading lady and she said, nah, I want to be the, the <laughs> the stunt person. She wanted to be in, what do you call it, the bee? And it was all horses. It's all she horses. Horses that she did yeah. stunts on. And she was also the first woman to be asked if she would be interested in having a professional jockey license so she could race in races. So that was horse huge because that was years ago. Totally illegal for women to, to ride horses in um, really? ra uh, horse racing. Mm -hmm. She had to have people ride her horse, guys ride her horse, her own horse, right. you know. And Did she take the license? No. She'd rather work in film. Really? Rather than race, be a professional yeah. racer? Yeah. yeah. So it was a hard decision to make. I mm -hmm. mean, she'd make more money doing film, of course. Right. Because if you don't win the race, you don't, you don't win the pot, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get the consolation prize, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, she was very well known back then in that circle of, of uh -huh. horse racers. And, uh, and she won a race. She went, okay, they had in Agua Caliente, Mexico, what they call the Powder Puff Race. Uh -huh. And she was invited to race in there uh, with just women. The Powder Puff Race. You know, <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> this is the 30s or 40s, right, you know. Yeah, right. I think it was the early 40s. <laughs> So she went, and I think she won a few times, and uh, we can watch the video of her winning one of the races if you oh, want. Oh, let's do. Okay. And you'll tell us what we're seeing, Absolutely. Too. Okay. Okay. Agua Caliente, Mexico was where Babe de Fries really shined as a jockey. And um, here's a video you can find on YouTube, powdering her nose and her sweet horse's nose getting ready for the race and she's kissing her little boy and this is called the powder puff race because only women are allowed to ride it um, because they're not allowed to ride with the men which was such a shame but she um, she really sparkles as a jockey and was like I said before offered as the first female a professional jockey license, which she turned down. But here she comes, she's number four. I don't know if you can see that, um, but she's not in the lead right now, but watch what she does. She is able to pass up who is in the lead. She was known, there's number four, there you can see it. She was known as being a really good whip rider. <laughs> and there she is. She was so beautiful. And um, I was so privileged to get what um, Karen's um, grandfather wrote was a, like a first draft. Oh. Had a lot of, you know, 
facts and details and, and experiences that Babe mm. had, had lived through. And mm -hmm. so I took it upon myself. I had to write a whole chapter from my own research, mm -hmm. but the rest of the stuff came from her grandfather, but it was really needing a lot of rearranging and, and yeah. um, what's it called, uh, editing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously not living anymore. He's passed on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he left behind. He left behind such a great legacy for his wife. Yeah. He was so in love with her, and they met believe it or not, at an Arthur Murray dance studio because she loved to dance too. They've been around that long, Arthur Murray? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh Can you, believe it? you know, when I lived in Hawaii back in the 70s, I used to see Arthur Murray riding around in his Jaguar. He had studios there. So really? He was still around. Because there's one just a few blocks from where I live. Oh, really? Yeah, still? on Van Nuys Boulevard oh, in my California. <laughs> Yeah, there's one right there. And Very they just cool. added additional dances, I think, like yeah, hip hop oh, yeah. and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. I guess to be more timely than just ballroom dancing, yeah. you know. But And she yeah. also, you'd mentioned Zorro. Oh, she was asked, I mean, it was written just for her. And she was kind of, you know, okay, that's cool. But God, you should be more excited. And I go, well, okay. Um, but she would have to wear a mask through the whole thing. She is 90%. Zorro. Zorro. This was whip. Zorro's Black Whip? Yeah, and you can watch some of the videos on YouTube. Oh, awesome. And um, Linda Sterling was the actual actress they hired. Ah. But so she got credit for being the actress, mm -hmm. whereas Babe was actually in more of the film, more of the series. There was a movie, too. Was there? I looked okay. it up on IMDb. And okay. It's it's over three hours long. Oh. Are they kidding? <laughs> and it says in the credits on IMDb, it has Babe in there, but it says uncredited. I know. It took a long time for them to give credit to people, especially women, mm -hmm. back in those days. Mm -hmm. uh, when she finally received um, her, uh, she got a Hollywood Stuntman's Hall of Fame award right. in 1976. They finally recognized her, and Karen, my friend, attended that uh, event. She said she couldn't believe how loved and revered this woman was. But Zorro was the Zorro's Black Widow. Zor Zorro's Black Widow. Yeah. That was, in, I think, 44 was the year for the movie. Mm -hmm. So the TV show was around that time, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was older when she was finally. Well, she she stopped in '46, I think. She stopped um, doing stunts. She started in the '30s, and, oh. and yeah. do you know why? Um, do I know why? I think it's because of her body was giving. <laughs> couldn't handle the it obvious anymore. reason. <laughs> and right. she took on this husband, uh, her her third husband, Warren Allen, um, and Warren Lewis. I'm sorry. I do that all the time because I have a friend named Warren Allen. Oh, right. Yeah. And he helped me with my sizzle things. reel in the 60s. But anyway, so <laughs> Warren Lewis actually had four children uh -huh. and brought them into the marriage. And so she, you oh. know, kind of took the time to. Right. Do you um, know, did she have any children? She had one son, which is my daughter, oh, right. my so friend's the father. father of Karen. Yeah. I gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. What a story. Oh, I'd love it. And, and, uh, and, I'm halfway through the screenplay. Fantastic. You know, I think that's one of the things um, that I love, I love so much about you. But one of the oh, things is you. you find these stories 
these tucked away um, just oh, they find me <laughs> they find you <laughs> they do they find me yeah yeah, yeah these these brilliant intriguing um, heartwarming fascinating stories you know and uh, I was very fortunate I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have been working on this book oh it was such a joy uh-huh and then now working on the screenplays, you know. Yeah, right. But you say heartwarming, and I don't know if I should bring it out, but I did win a medal. You did. The most heartwarming script from the screenwriters and actors of Hollywood, Unstoppable. Um, it oh was an event, six years of this meetup group for screenwriters, uh -huh. and um, that we all had to write three pages of a script uh -huh. using the number six because it was their sixth year they were having um, a celebration. That's interesting. And yeah. so I wrote a script and it was, I can't even remember the name. <laughs> it was so sad. But it was, it was about a fortune teller, a psychic, and uh, she meets a guy and he was born on 6-6-66 and so also got um, the award for the best was use he of the guy. <laughs> he was a very good guy. And they fall in love. So anyway, oh. it's really cute. Another love story. I'm in big on love stories. All those sixes. I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, Am I going? And that uh, book is available on Amazon as also, well. Also, yeah, just recently we so, put it up. Yeah, just in uh, the month of December. Yes. 2023. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you can get that book there too, and find out a lot, lot more yeah. about Babe's story. Boy, whoa! The stuff that she went through, just because she had to buck the system, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And being a woman, so wow, speak, she's buck. strong. So, I'm sorry. Pardon? I'm thinking horses buck the system. <laughs> I'm sorry. That no was pun intended. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> right. All right. So. Um, then, okay, now, so now let's go to your 60s. Oh, you want to, okay. The, the, yeah, I'll, I won't even. How I Survived the 60s, another book available on Amazon. This is more of a memoir mm -hmm. of my journey of, you know, transitioning from a teenager to a woman. Oh, okay. And, and what I did and, um, uh, you know, the experiences I had as a hippie groupie mm -hmm. in Hollywood, and then moving to Hawaii after having a baby, okay. and I was 18, and uh, being sent to a commune on Haleiwa, Hawaii, on Oahu, and... Uh, so you were first in a commune here? No, it was more of a... Um, in Laguna Beach? It was something called <laughs> the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. And it was it was more of a broken, but also brotherly, sisterly connection I I made with a lot of lovely hippies, creative hippies, in Laguna Beach, and they had this beautiful store called um, Mystic Arts World. I I could go on forever with that one, but um, are they in Topanga Canyon now? Pardon? Some of these people are they in Topanga Canyon? Probably yeah. some have that's passed an area on. That's very eclectic. Yeah, in, <laughs> no, in this LA. is Laguna Canyon yeah. that I was in. I I had never been to Topanga until oh, yeah. just a few years ago. Well, anyway, because there's stores up there, I think that are so, probably similar to. Yeah, so after Hawaii, that, I met a man that kind of took me on. <laughs> we moved back to Oahu from the Big Island where I met him, and I started dancing again. Oh. 
and uh-huh. studying ballet at the University of Hawaii. And, oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, that got me becoming uh, actually a professional dancer. Right. Mostly in Hawaii. Right. Okay, we'll touch on that. Yeah. Let's go back to the commune. Oh. I find this so fascinating. Yeah. Because my brother could have been part of that that um, circle, yeah. I guess, but he wasn't, you know, but he could have been. And I remember I had mentioned this to you one time we went to San Francisco. Yeah, she told me about yeah. that. Yeah, and we um, we were staying, my, my family was big on Travelodge motels. <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. And uh, so we were staying near uh, Golden Gate Park. Yeah. And they told us to take everything out of our station wagon and take it into the motel room because the hippies hippies would steal it. So we took our ice chest and everything out of the car and took it into the motel room. We had to unload everything and load it back in, you know. There was such a, a category of what kind of hippies there were, you know, they had the commune kind, they had the drug dealer kind, they had the rock musician kind, and you know. And you mentioned there were rock musicians at that time, Oh, yes, I had my little dalliances (laughs) with some rock musicians. And Dick Dale, you mentioned Dick Dale. Well, that's um, the band that my uh, daughter's father was playing the drums with. Ah, okay, okay, such a rich history, such. Crazy, I was crazy. Yeah, you, <laughs> you were young. You were young. And so you got married. How old were you when you got married the first time? The first time I was 19. Okay. Okay. And you had your first child. I already had a, a child. Right. And she grew up with me, and I grew up with her. And, and let's talk about... You want me to tell you? She's yeah. passed on. Yeah. Oh. In 2015, she had a brain tumor and uh, passed on and that was a very tough time because it was the same week I had hip replacement surgery. Oh man. And, but that will segue into the jewelry. That's <laughs> when I started making jewelry. Right. So, you know, right. like nothing ever has a dead end. It's like almost like, okay, what can I do now? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you find mm-hmm. something to be creative with. And mm-hmm. Let's talk about the birth of your daughter. Oh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's do, because okay. it's just, it's, it's, it's... Well, it was a mine. It is. <laughs> I was very lucky. I met this woman, uh, Nancy McIntyre, and she turned me on to a, a doctor named Dr. Henry Beeler. Okay. And he happened to be the nutritionist to Gloria Swanson, Lucille Ball, George Hamilton, I don't know, a slew of actors, because Gloria Swanson mentions him about 10 times in her biography oh, yeah? he saved her life you know mm. but he lived in Capstrano Beach and he came down and delivered hippie babies hippie babies <laughs> hippie babies I wasn't the only one and so Nancy had her baby and then one month later I had mine I was at her birth she was at my birth he was there he was 76 years old at the time oh that's up there yeah what a kind loving man oh it's good and then he wrote an incredible book called um, food is your best medicine uh-huh. and people still you know, really? yeah. enjoy reading that. And right. Zucchini and green beans makes a Beeler broth. <laughs> and yes, you uh, oh, did almost a fell reel. asleep. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to bring up the sizzle reel. <laughs> yeah, oh. well. <laughs> you did a sizzle reel yes. for the book. Yes. How I Survived the 60s. And, well, it's also a script. It's also, it's also a screenplay. Script. Yeah, it's also a screenplay as well. It started, that got me, that was my first time attempting a, a screenplay. Mm. I got 
this crew together and we filmed a sizzle, sizzle reel with some really good actors. Right. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. Yeah, awesome. You know, let's watch that. Okay. Let's check that out. Really? You want to watch it? Okay. Yeah, because I, I think it's fantastic. And I, and I want to say the music was donated by Sam Andrews, who's now, he's passed on. But he was Janis Joplin's guitarist. Really? And I had met him back in the 60s. And then somehow we hooked up again, and he sent me his music. And The music is great. And he allowed me to use his music. Yeah, yeah I was very lucky with that one. So check yes. this out. <laughs> Dear John, you don't know me, and this email is coming out of the blue, I know, but way back in the 60s, I was friends with Sylvia, your brother's girlfriend. I was with her when she gave birth to your niece, Ladesia. I remember exactly where we met. close friends right away. We both were going to have babies within one month of each other. Crazy and insane time in my life, but very, very special. That is so well done. Oh, thank you. It's so well shot. The acting is fantastic. It's a Romanian DP. Yeah. And I shared directorial duties with someone named Ellen Gerstein. Uh-huh. She's busy in the acting world here okay. in L.A. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really good. Thank you. Thank you. And that's the end of the first part of the show with Pilar Walsh. Check back for more.